to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society, Ontario's premier no-kill shelter. Bye, society. Bye, society. Burlington Humane is my society. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. My name is Doug, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Burlington, Ontario, Canada. On this episode of Burlington Humane, we're going to talk with the Mayor of Burlington, Her Worship, Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. We'll hear about what it means to run a fear-free vet clinic with Dr. Mack of Mac Animal Clinic. And we'll learn all about the latest news and events. So stay with us for this and much more on Burlington Humane. Burlington Humane met with Her Worship Marianne Mead Ward, Mayor of the City of Burlington. And we talked about her dog and the things that they love to do together in Burlington. I'm here with the Mayor of Burlington, Mayor Marianne Mead Ward. Welcome, Marianne, to Burlington Humane. I'm so excited to be talking with you today, and I am I am dialing in from home. My uh, my dog Boston is gently sleeping beside me, but if we get a delivery, you will hear him as well as me today. <laughs> Excellent, wonderful, and you're a good friend of Burlington Humane. So wonderful to have you with us. Very much. You do incredible work in our community. So a uh, huge fan. Thanks for having me on the show. Excellent. And your pet's name is? Boston. He is a Wheaton Terrier, about nine years old. Wow. And where did you get Boston? We got him from a breeder in Oakville. And we we needed to search breeds very carefully because we have a lot of folks with allergies in our house. And they're allergic to uh, fur-bearing animals. It's the dander. And so Boston is uh, what we we refer to as a hair dog. Um, his hair grows, so we have to get his hair trimmed. But that allows us to have a dog uh, with four out of five of us here in the house that suffer from allergies. So that was, uh, there's only a few breeds that are like that. And a Wheaton Terrier is one of them. So that's, uh, that's how we settled on Boston and the breed. Wow. And so rather than fur, they have hair. They have hair and it grows. So he he looks like a completely different dog uh, when he's shorn and when his hair grows out. So uh, when there was one very memorable occasion when my husband was walking the dog in Spencer Smith Park and his hair was all grown out. And a little girl, she must have been three or four years old, was walking in the park with her dad. And as they passed by, my husband heard the girl ask her dad, why is that man walking a little teddy bear? <laughs> He does look like a little bear. He's the cutest thing, uh, but he's got terrier in him. Uh, but when he's shorn, he looks like a completely different dog. Still uh, still cute as anything, but people almost don't recognize him. When we've gone out uh, to walk the dog, they'll ask if we got a new dog. 
So it's quite a transformation. How fun. And because he's a Wheaton Terrier, he has a very specific look. Uh, he does. He's got a short tail. Um, he, he looks a little bit like a poodle. So people, uh, like if there's a, if there, if there's, um, different types of poodles, he'll look like uh, a little bit, but the tail is the key. Uh, we, we got him primarily again, because of the allergies, we went with that breed Mm -hmm. and he was good with, uh, kids. We got him when our kids were in public school, they're all grown up now, but, uh, there were three, uh, we have three kids and, and so he was, you know, good with kids and good energy. And we thought that was a good fit for our family situation. Fun. Now, as mayor of Burlington, as mayor, you're awfully busy. How do you find the time to care for a pet, especially a dog, which is which is very uh, labor intensive? Well, we got him uh, early in my second term. So we've had him for about nine years. And uh, so it was a full family effort. Right. He had lots of tension with two adults, three kids, lots of walks, lots of running around. We love doing hikes as a family. So he had no shortage of activity. Uh, and, and, you know, but now he's getting older, he's slowing down a little, uh, which is just fine for us, because <laughs> there's two, two fewer of us, uh, two of my kids are off working or at school. So there's just three of us here. But you know, I we take our dog uh, out, out uh, regularly to walk. And it's a great opportunity for us to especially since the pandemic, when we're all at home sitting in front of our computers for hours and hours in a a day, we all look forward, uh, not just the dog, uh, my husband and I look forward to getting out and walking the dog um, at the end of that workday. And, uh, you know, having a good long walk with him to get our to get fresh air to be outside to get some exercise to get, you know, to stand and walk. Uh, it's really been a lifesaver. So uh, it's not a chore for us. It's actually built right into our mental health routine, if you will, our physical exercise routine. Good for you. And I guess Boston must love that to go. Walk oh, he loves it. Pack. <laughs> he does. And the colder, the better. So he likes, you know, the Wheaton breed is from, uh, you know, across the sea, right? Uh, it's, it's related to the Irish Terrier. And he loves cold and damp, snow, uh, cold and damp are his favorite seasons. So he loves dragging us out to walk in the rain, which is kind of cool. It's very moody. And, you know, it's, it's actually, it's actually kind of neat, but he loves that the most. His, he, he goes only for really short walks in the hot weather. He can't handle it. So mm, some of yeah. those heat waves we had in the summer, we could only take him, you know, early in the morning or late at night. Uh, it was just too much for him during the day. So fall and, and winter is, this is his favorite time. Oh, and he must love walking down near the lake. Oh, that's his favorite thing. He oh, loves yeah. he loves going in the lake, <laughs> which you can do in certain spots, not everywhere. You know, there's rules about that down at the beach, but there are little pockets of beach where we can take him, uh, like pockets of rocky area accessible by foot. So he he absolutely loves going in the water. We take him, you know, to conservation areas. We take him to areas where there are creeks. He loves jumping yeah. in those. So we have to we have to put lots of blankets and towels down in the car after one of those nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's lots of places around here to go, isn't there? Lots of places. One yeah. of the reasons we moved to Burlington was the accessibility to rural area hikes, conservation areas. It's one of the things we love to do as a family. Ah. 
Now, with the pressures of being mayor, how has Boston helped you carry out your role, relieve that pressure? Well, it's been a roller coaster ride for all of us, hmm. right? For all of us. Yeah. Uh, there's highs and lows. There's, you know, the inspiration that I take from the community about how people are coming together, the creative ways they're helping each other. That is all incredibly good. And then you get the really tough decisions. And I would say decorum and civility went out the window very early in this pandemic. And the great thing about, uh, about really any dog, uh, but but our dog for sure is that he's always happy to see me. <laughs> There's no middle ground, so uh, he's he, you know it's the simple things, and and my husband and I would kind of remark on that sometimes that as long as he's fed and he he uh, gets attention from us, which he's had more of during this pandemic than ever. Um, you know, he's just a happy camper and, uh, you know, that, that positive spirit, we've sometimes joked that we wish we could adopt that sort of simplicity and that positiveness that, uh, you know, he's just always happy and simple things going for a walk in the rain will make him, you know, being able to meet a couple of other dogs out there will make him happy, happy. And, and it makes us happy. So it gives us a lift. It's, it has dragged us out of our house on Mm. more than one occasion when, you know, you feel like, oh, I really don't want to go out. Um, And you have to. And so he gets us out and moving and you always feel better mentally, physically, emotionally, when you, when you take a break from your screen and take a break from what, you know, your day-to-day responsibilities and everything that is on your plate. And it's not just, work it's personal responsibilities we all have them those balancing acts have always been hard for everybody uh, for different reasons and mm-hmm. um you know it's just great to kind of put it all on pause for a brief period of respite and um you know we wouldn't we wouldn't have that kind of incentive outside of having boston with us that's right oh and they're all accepting very much. Same. Yes. <laughs> now he's got a bit of protectiveness in him. So, and he's become more protective of me in particular. We didn't train him to be that way, but he's kind of appointed himself my defender. And so uh, he's cute as anything until he thinks people are getting too close to me and then he'll, he'll speak. <laughs> so, oh, I understand uh, Definitely. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good defender if I ever needed one. Good. Excellent. And Burlington is a great place to own a dog, isn't it? Well, we have so many trails, parks, paths, you know, streets that are easy to walk upon uh, and lots of people who own dogs. And in fact, I think, you know, uh, statistically more people bought dogs uh, during the pandemic, you know, as a, as a companion, when people Mm -hmm. were isolated as something to keep them company, give them a reason to go outside their house. It was one of the few things we could do in the strictest lockdown periods was take walks and take walks with our dogs. And, and you can still get a bit of human interaction. If you, you know, if you kept your distance, your dog and, and yourself, you know, that was how we talked to our neighbors early in the pandemic when you really couldn't, when everything was shut down. And so it became a, a social part of our lives as well. That's right. Yes. And I'm always impressed when you go downtown Burlington, it's very livable. So many people are walking their dogs right downtown, right where they absolutely. live. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We used to have a dog walking group here at Burlington Humane when we were able to get together and we would meet right downtown at Lions Club Park on a Sunday morning. And there would be so many people just walking their dogs 
Yep. Right downtown. Yep. Absolutely. And there are, and there are dog leash, there are dog leash free parks. Yep. In Burlington. Rolly Bird there. is one of them. Yeah, Rolly Bird, uh, the one up on King Road and Norton Park. And yeah. and there is a there is a, a process that if people are interested in exploring a leash-free area in their own neighborhood, we don't have anything south of the QE. So that's a huge issue because a lot of the population density is south of the QE and we and, and a lot of dog owners, as you've noticed. So yeah. we don't have anything that's leash-free south of the QE. So there have been there has been a group established downtown uh, just before the pandemic hit. So things were put on pause for a period, but they are advocating for a leash-free area down here. But I know other neighborhoods and communities uh, may be doing the same as well. So there is a process people can follow. Uh, information is on the City of Burlington website about that. Great. And Burlington has a few animal bylaws. We do. Yeah. You can't have your animal off-leash in a public area. Unless it's specifically a leash-free uh, area. And that so, includes cats as well, doesn't it? It does include cats. Yeah. Uh, cats are, are even less predictable and trainable than dogs. <laughs> and <then laughs> and much was... more attractive to other animals uh, like coyotes. And so <laughs> yes. there is, yeah, if you have your uh, cat or dog off-leash um, in a public space, so a public park that isn't leash-free, you are uh, looking at a potential $305 ticket. Yeah. And here at Burlington Humane, if anybody adopts a cat from us, we have them sign a contract to say that they will only be an indoor cat. Oh, wow. Not even allowed in the backyard. Unless it's in a catio. So a catio is a covered area outside, like a cage with a roof. Okay. Yeah. So they can't, you know, you can't just put a cat out in the backyard because they'll just no, they can they can jump, they can yeah. get out. Yes, I yeah, so for sure. Outdoor catio is the only way that you know they can enjoy having their cat outside. Stipulations for us adopting out animals to make sure that they they remain safe. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's there's lots of dangers that people don't think of for any untrained animal, uh, whether it's traffic or other animals. Uh, you know, there's a lot, lot of things they can contract out there too. Uh, oh, illnesses yes, yes. from other animals. Spread of diseases, getting hurt by other animals, injuring wildlife. Yep. So yeah. many. Yeah, so many. Wonderful. Well, we will be sure and be watching for you. You know, you in Boston going for walks, downtown Burlington. <laughs> that'll be great and there are pictures of the of boston up on my social feeds so i'm on twitter instagram facebook linkedin uh i haven't put up one recently but i can tell you he gets way more likes than pictures of me so <laughs> there you go That's i'll wonderful. have to put another one up for people great well thank you so much marianne for joining us here at burlington humane it's been wonderful talking with you Thanks for your interest and thanks for all the work you do in our community to protect animals and to to keep us humans that love animals connected to our to animals as well. It's our pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Humane would love to help you celebrate your special day. 
your guests will be impressed with a thoughtful, generous donation for all the animals at BHS in place of costly guest favors. Along with the tax receipt, we will create a beautiful certificate that you can display at your reception, letting your guests know that instead of favors, you have generously donated to the Burlington Humane Society, one of Ontario's no-kill animal shelters. Following your big day, send us your favorite wedding photo and we will post it on our Facebook page to share your generosity and help us toast the brides. Animal Clinic in Oakville, Ontario is a fear-free clinic. I talked with owner and chief veterinarian Dr. Chung-Ying Mack about what it means to be a fear-free clinic. I'm here with Dr. Chung-Ying Mack. Welcome, Dr. Mack, to Burlington Humane. Hi, Doug. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having us to your clinic. You have, you're at Mack Animal Clinic in Oakville, and your clinic is a fear-free veterinary clinic. What does that mean? So, what the entire basis behind the fear-free medicine is what we're trying to do is take care of not only our pets' medical needs, but also their emotional needs as well. So when we, you know, when an animal comes into the vets, if they're super stressed, it's really hard to diagnose. You know, their heart rate's elevated, they're panting, they're more agitated. We may, or, if we, you know, sometimes if they're super nervous, if we can't, you know, look in their eyes or take their temperature, it can be quite hard and it can be stressful. So what Fear Free does, and it this is a program that has been invented by the world's best like anesthesiologists, the best behaviorists, oh. best dog trainers, and they've done all of the studies to say, how can we help our patients be more comfortable in the veterinary setting? Interesting, yeah. And so there's a few different things that we do. So our medical records, in addition to what a normal veterinarian would do, we have a couple of things that have to be in our medical records. So one is a patient emotional medical record. So every time we see a patient, we will score how nervous they are. So it's called the fear, fear anxiety, and stress scale. And it's a one to five. And we'll look at that scale and we'll say, okay, this patient was a two and then we fed it treats and then it's fear and anxiety and stress decreased to a one or a zero and now, we'll previously did it, a veterinary clinic didn't have that that wasn't a, so a... that's not a normal it's oh. not a previously normal parameter okay. whereas for us it is something that we always note but but we also record it and so it's that... a requirement uh, what, as one of the things that you need to do to be to keep our fear-free practice certification. Oh, so it's a certification that you need to con continually uh, monitor and... Yep, so it's something that we have to upkeep. So, you know, for example, right now I'm on medical records, so it's the fear-free, the anxiety scale. Yep. But also, you know, we know that pain certainly is going to increase fear, anxiety, and stress. Yes, yeah. So all of our patients are pain scored when they come in as well. We use the Glasgow pain score. So that's been 
developed by like the Glasgow University and they we score each patient based on facial expression movement and then when we look at those numbers we can almost measure whether a patient is in pain whether their pain is decreasing and it just gives us a slightly more quantitative way of measuring our patient's well-being as well. Okay, so you look at fear, you look at pain, you look at emotion. Yep. Anything else? So those are the three, are the three biggest main? changes. And yep. then the rest of it is just implementation of how we actually perform this. So our entire team are all level three fear-free certified. So there are three main levels. So you have your basic program, then you do the advanced one, advanced two, and we have all gone up to advanced three. So and you're trained on how to work with animals in... So the way we are, the training is basically to recognize the signs of fear, anxiety, and stress and alleviate them. Okay. And that starts before, from the first phone call. So when our clients call and they say, okay, I'd like to bring my puppy in, or I'd like to bring my dog in, we'll ask, does your pet have anything at the vet that we know makes them nervous? Is it the scale? Is it getting lifted up on the table? Mm -hmm. Do they really not like having their temperature taken? And we, we write these things all down. And so it, you know, we have to take a temperature at some point, yeah, yeah. but that way we can mitigate. We know what exactly, if some, if your pet doesn't like a specific thing, we make sure we note it and we try and adjust to make it as less stressful as possible. Okay. So we always have treats in our pockets. Um, we always have, you know, that found, we have a fountain that's always continuous, like calming, constant sound that can be quite soothing. Okay. We yeah. have the calming pheromones all over the clinic. So pheromone therapy is a very big part of the mm -hmm. fear-free process. Yes. So, so pheromones are messages that animal, it's a scent that animals release and it sends a message to another animal. We have focused in on the sending calming messages to our patients by putting either diffusers around the clinic. All of our cats, when they come in, all of our patients' bedding is all sprayed with either the dog calming pheromone or the cat calming pheromone. Right, yeah, yeah. And then an extremely nervous patient would also get a bandana with the pheromones as well. Okay, yeah. Right, because the dogs and the patients will come here and if they're scared, they will give off fear pheromones. Mm. And so they've left messages saying, hey guys, I was scared here <laughs> and the Whoa. next patient would pick up on that. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, so a big part of it is making sure our cleaning products are not strongly scented because patients don't like perfume and a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, a lot of scents. The, our cleaning products are not scented, but they're also very big on removing odors as well. And I noticed just the way your clinic is set up, you have a separate door for cats and a separate door for dogs so that the cats never come in the dog area and blah, blah, blah. Yes. It's all separated. So there's a, exactly, and that is a requirement actually with the Fear Free. Um, oh, okay. So you can have a lot of individuals within a practice be Fear Free certified professionals, but to have the entire clinic certified, it's probably there's about two to 300 conditions that we must meet wow. for us to achieve that certification. And that's down to making sure the pheromones are out, making sure there's appropriate hiding spots in the cat kennels, you know, making sure oh, there's yeah. a litter tray and a hiding place in the cat room. 
-hmm. making sure they have appropriate treats and toys. And, you know, even if they like grooming, we'll tell clients to bring their favorite brush. Ah. So it's implementing. It's not just, you know, oh, how we treat the animals. It's the entire building has been set up. You know, a big thing with cats is they don't want to be near the barking dog. Yeah. <laughs> and some barking dogs, yeah. some dogs bark more when they're nervous. That's right, yeah. So we keep the cats in the cat waiting area and then we'll move them straight into the cat consult room where they're hopefully not going to be crossing paths with the dogs. And how long did it take your, to, your clinic to become certified as fear-free? So when I knew I wanted to open Mac Animal Clinic, I knew that I wanted it to be, I definitely wanted cat and dog separate rooms. Um, I'm UK trained and the cat-friendly practice was a very big movement in the UK. Oh, okay. So I looked into the Fear Free. So I did the Fear Free courses bef while we were pretty much designing the clinic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it, we were lucky that we could build that in. Mm. A lot of our practice protocols are had to shift as we went through the certification process. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, it's down to we, oh, we will make sure if your pet doesn't like the car, here's what we can do to help make the car ride less stressful because if your pet's stressed getting in the car, they're gonna uh, be stressed on yeah. arrival. Um, the same with, okay, if some pets are super nervous and we will discuss calming medication, mm -hmm. if all the other therapies don't work. Okay. So we always start with leave the carrier out, get them used to the carrier, get mm -hmm. them used to the car, but you, you've probably met some of the cats that, you know, no matter how much you talk to them, they're yeah. still going to be nervous oh, because yes. <laughs> cats don't normally go for a car ride. Yes, yep. So for those cats, we do have, we do use very safe calming medication. The calming medication is a very safe medication. The cardiologist will sometimes even use it before a cardiac echo. Mm -hmm. But the calming medication helps make, and the calming medication is two, normally two kinds of medication. One that decreases, one's a painkiller, and one's also a sedative and anti-anxiety. And there is a difference between something that only causes sedation versus something that's sedative and anti-anxiety. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? So when we pick our choices of medication, that's a factor. I don't want to just sedate a patient and they're still really nervous. That's, that's not calming for anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you have to make a conscious effort to become certified in fear-free. Yeah, and I think, you know, we are the first fear-free clinic in Oakville. Really? I, oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I would say there's probably only six or seven in Canada. Is that all? So there's not a wow. lot. So, and the reason for that is because the entire practice has to change. Yeah, that's right. As you say, you were lucky that you were able to design your clinic while you were doing Fear Free, but somebody who is already in an established clinic, they'd have to make a lot of changes then it's to a become lot of, certified. Yeah, it's a lot of changes and the program is really great at helping you come up with solutions. They're here mm -hmm. to help us because they're here to help change the veterinary oh. profession and how we handle our patients because that, you know, it's all about progressive medicine. Medicines come a really yeah. long way. It's the same with humans and mental health. Mm -hmm. That's moving into the clinic now because if the patients are happier, they're easier to handle, but they're also like, cl clients get nervous if their pet's also stressed. Oh yes, definitely. Right, yeah. and sometimes they feed off each other, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, now is it growing? 
the, the fear-free movement within the veterinary? It's certainly growing. Um, it is, Natalie has just finished technician school. It was taught to her. Um, in vet school, it is also, it's an optional free course. Okay. Um, so it is making its way into um, the curriculum as well, which is super important, right? Because the days of really holding the animal tight and just doing what you need to do, now yeah. it's sometimes, do we need to do it right now? Or can we take a step and maybe do it in stages or break it up? Do it a little slower. So our appointment times are a little longer because some patients need a bit more of an adjustment time. Mm -hmm. And so we do, we, you know, we make sure we, and it's more time for us talking to the clients and explaining this is how today's visit went. These are some of the things we could try. And a lot of showing people how to do positive reinforcement and desensitization. Okay, well, that's great. So your clinic is an example to the rest of the veterinary community. That's wonderful. So we're trying to be progressive. Good for you. That's so important. The more you talk about it, the more... it makes sense. It makes so much sense when you hear about it. It absolutely it, does. Yeah. And, you know, when I was going through some of the certification, it says make sure you have cat toys in, in the cat room. And I'm thinking, really? I've never seen a cat play with a toy in an exam room. Like, okay. But, you know, it was, it was mandatory. And so we tried it out. And it is amazing. We will see a 13-year-old cat that is normally very scared at the vet mm. is playing with the catnip mice, is eating. They come running for treats. Wow. And it's an entirely different scenario. You, you see a difference in your patients. We genuinely do. And yes, we will use, you know, for dogs, we will use peanut butter. We will use cheese Whiz. And some people are like, oh my God, I thought we weren't meant to do that with our pets. And we explain, it's kind of like going to grandma's house. We want them, <laughs> we want them to feel like this is a good place. Yeah, it's special, special yeah, treat. It's a special treat. So yeah. we have some dogs where like before they couldn't even be touched. And now they come in with some calming medication, but they're eating from a licky mat. So licking mm. in itself is comforting to animals. Oh, so yeah, yeah. we'll have a licky mat and they'll be having their licky mat and we'll draw blood from a back leg and they barely notice. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it is, you know, it is just taking, we do take that extra time, which mm -hmm. has been hard in, in current times sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But we do, it does make that difference for them. It's not, you know, it's not magic. Yes, there are some pets Ooh, that will still like, be nervous. Sounds like it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, and there are some that, you know, especially like, you know, rescue dogs, abused dogs, or dogs that have had a real, or cats even, that have had a really, you know, they have been quite traumatized if they've had a lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. We're not going to fix the world, but we're going to be able to look at them and think, okay, rather than maybe we holding you a little bit tighter, we'll either do a little bit at a time yeah. or we'll make sure we make, we give you pain medication. You know, a dog with chronic ear infections, they're going to be very touch sensitive to their ears. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we have some patients that before any ear exam, they come in with calming medication, but especially the painkiller because you know, the ear is sensitive. Yeah. If yeah. You, the skin is already delicate and then you're got to go poking down and look <laughs> in, it hurts and we yeah. don't want to continue that cycle. Yeah. Oh, very good. 
So interesting. Well, I hope more clinics will follow your example and become a fear-free fear clinic as well. It's definitely, it's definitely coming. There are a lot more fear-free certified professionals and it's something that our industry, we're all, all of us are here to help the animals and it's certainly some, it's where the profession's moving towards. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mack, for joining us here at Burlington Humane. And how can people get a hold of you if, you, if they, they want more information about this? So for if you would like to learn more about fear-free veterinary care, there is the Fear Free Pets website. Oh, okay. And so, in, can, so they have a website themselves. Yep, so oh, it's literally Fear Free Pets and there's even a directory. So if you live a little bit further away, you can Google and find a Fear Free Vet either a vet clinic or a fear-free certified professional in your area. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at Burlington Humane. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. She's there for you when work is stressful. She's there for you when life is hard. She's there for you when you need a friend. Be there for her. Register for Pet First Aid today. The next course is July 10th here at Burlington Humane. And now it's time for news and events. Burlington Humane's Kids Club is back. Children between the ages of 8 and 12 will learn about cats and dogs and how to take care of them. Plus, we will have guest speakers from the animal welfare field. Go to our website to register. Our Summer Kids Club session starts on Thursday, June 23rd. You can register at burlingtonhumane.ca and join Burlington Humane's Kids Club. You will be relieved to know that Burlington Humane now has a mandatory vaccination policy. All volunteers, staff, and guests who will be in the shelter longer than 15 minutes need to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. You will also need to show your proof of vaccination before entering Burlington Humane. Due to these initiatives, 
Guests, staff, and volunteers can be reassured that they indeed will stay safe while visiting Burlington Humane. Burlington Humane recently helped out with a hoarding situation in which 40 cats were found in a house. Among the animals we helped rescue was a mother cat, Skylar, who came in with a litter of kittens. However, she was so traumatized with her situation, she was overwhelmed by her litter of kittens. She came into Burlington Humane with her fellow feline friend, Jessica. Jessica also had a litter of kittens, but unfortunately, none of the kittens survived. Jessica was quite happy to help Skylar look after her kittens and even assisted with nursing the kittens. With Jessica by her side, Skylar was given a comforting reprieve and was happy to co-parent. We are happy to report that all the kittens are now thriving and as soon as they are old enough, will be available for adoption. Jessica and Skylar are in a foster home with the kittens and are doing great. Burlington Humane is a nonprofit organization and we rely completely on donations from our generous supporters to continue finding forever homes for our animals. We do not receive any type of government grants from municipal, provincial, or federal governments. If you are able to make a donation to Burlington Humane, it will go a long way to helping our animals. All donations of $20 or more will receive an income tax receipt. You may choose to donate monthly so you can provide continued support to Burlington Humane. You can even leave a legacy by providing a bequest in your will and ensure that your support continues long into the future. All donations are very much appreciated. Thank you from Burlington Humane. Be sure to stay informed about all the animals that are available for adoption. We currently feature daily videos of one of our available animals. We're also doing videos of our available animals in the shelter and in foster care. Be sure to subscribe to our social media pages to watch these videos. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel entitled Burlington Humane like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Videos of our animals can also be found on our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Stay informed and up to date with Burlington Humane. We have new hours at Burlington Humane. Our hours are now Tuesday through Saturday between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Although our front doors are currently locked, receptionists are available to take your phone calls and answer your questions. Are you prepared to help your pet in the event of an accident? What will you do until you can get them to the veterinarians? Burlington Humane is proud to offer Walks and Wags Pet First Aid course. Walks and Wags Pet First Aid are national leaders in pet first aid and have the longest standing pet first aid course in Canada. It has earned the stamp of approval from Animal Wellness, North America's top animal wellness magazine. This hands-on live practical gives you the skills and confidence to deal with illness and emergencies. The 10-hour course deals with how to prevent injuries, early signs of illness and poisoning, bandaging and splinting techniques, emergency medical conditions, choking, 
artificial respiration and CPR, and much, much more. Upon su successful completion, you'll receive a certificate valid for three years. Our next course will be July 10th. Go to our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca for more information. Pet First Aid. To find the latest information about events, ways to make a donation, the animals that are up for adoption, and much more, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to stay in touch and up to date with Burlington Humane. Are you looking for good quality items at an affordable cost? Do you want to purchase to make a difference? Then come to the loft in the attic, Burlington Humane Society Secondhand Stores. We offer gentle use items at unbelievable prices and 100% of the proceeds goes to helping the animals at the Burlington Humane Society. The loft is located at the Burlington Humane Society at 740 Griffith Court and the attic is located right downtown at 479 John Street. And if you have gentle use items that you would like to donate, we take glass, china, clothes, books, and many other items. Our secondhand stores are run completely by volunteers, which may be another way that you can help. For complete information about The Loft in the Attic, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Come visit us at the Loft and Attic to purchase your secondhand items and make a difference to the animals at Burlington Humane. Well, that's it for this episode of Burlington Humane the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. I want to thank our guests, Her Worship, Marianne Mead Ward, Mayor of the City of Burlington, and Dr. Chung Ying Mack of Mack Animal Clinic in Oakville, Ontario. Be sure to subscribe to Burlington Humane on iTunes. We are located at 740 Griffith Court in Burlington, Ontario. You can visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca or give us a call at 905-637-7325. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. My name is Doug. We'll see you next time on Burlington Humane. Bye-bye. My society. My society. Burlington Humane is my society.